all the movies, all those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites. Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 236. Woo-hoo. This is the official Marvel podcast of all news, new releases, action, adventure, and dancing in our chairs. I'm Ryan yeah. Panagos, Vice President and Executive Editor, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... That's a mouthful. I'm Marvel... Editorial Director of Digital Media, Ben Morse. You tried to burn me and then almost forgot your title. I burned you. I burned you. You burned. burned. You burned. Um, I like your deeper, more... I don't know what you're talking more, about More today. audio-friendly voice. It's very nice. Surely this is how I talk every day. Surely, surely. Uh, anyways, I think I said I'm Ben Morse. And we have joining us in the in the three-seat... Lexi Morrison, the video the, intern. For the last for time. For the final time. This is it. She's that quitting. Fast. Yep. She's throwing a dash. She said, I'm done. I'm out. I've had it. We we actually, we literally had to convince her to go see Marvel's Captain America oh, Civil War yeah. three days early with the rest of the, the company uh, tonight. So this is what you can look forward to, potential future interns, yeah. being convinced to go see free movies. <laughs> yeah. Pressure. If you're going to intern for us, understand we're going to put pressure on you to do fun, free things. That's just, I mean, it's just part of the job. Yeah. That's how we roll. That's just a work, a work hazard of working here. You it's may a, have to go do cool free things. A work hazard of working here. Speaking of work hazards of working here, I went to the New York Stock Exchange this morning. You did. I did. Um, as you normally do. As yeah, you know, every, most days. Every third Thursday. Check on, check on your stocks. Yep. Say, see how things are going. Uh, how are the uh, Florida orange frozen oranges? Yeah. Sure. Trade. What is it from Trading Places? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Put on your, like, visor. Yes. There were visors there. And buy, sell, buy, sell, yeah. sell, sell, buy. A lot of that. Um, but it's great. We had Chris Evans and Jeremy Renner were there. We had some folks. Uh, we had Captain America, Black Widow, and Iron Man hanging out. Uh, we got a cool story from the president of the New York Stock Exchange. Uh, he was, like, just casually like, yeah, we had Lin-Manuel Miranda here the other day. And he he and I, we were talking about Alexander Hamilton and the birth of the Stock Exchange and all this history stuff. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, they have – we were in a different area of the Stock Exchange than we're normally in. Usually we're in the boardroom, which has – more like the boring room. No, it's, huh? it's a beautiful room. No, it's, it's sure it's really nice. And it's sure got it's really nice. it, it has a Fabergé egg in there that's worth Ooh. like more money than any money. Yeah. And um, they're redoing that now. So by the time they're Marvel's redoing Strange, the Fabergé egg, or they're no, redoing the room. The room. The room. Okay. The room. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what it'll look like come November time. It's exciting stuff. We'll go back again. Uh, but it's cool. We get a cool. Uh, coin. I should have brought it to show you guys yeah. here, even though people on the podcast can't see it. It's a neat. They they mint Let's these pretend we're seeing coins. it. Wow! Look at that. Ooh! Right? And uh, we get to do that. We took some pictures. It was. It's a fun time. Good we times. came back here and uh, we rendezvoused with. Uh, well, I didn't have any part of it. Elizabeth Olsen. No, me either. Uh, Scarlet Witch and um, Paul Bettany plays the Vision and met up with Chris Evans here at Marvel and they did some Ask Marvel yep. video with Blake uh, so that's cool look 
be on the lookout for that. Uh, and and the movie's coming out. Hot the movie fest. is coming out, Ryan. And I we're going to see it tonight. Well, I'm going to see it tonight. Yep. Alexis is going to go see it tonight. Yep. I'm can seeing I, it on Thursday. Showing it, on, it at the, uh, oh, the draft, draft house. house. Draft house. I think I'm going to take uh, our good friend Tim Stevens to see it this weekend. Nice. A little present to him. You know what? Maybe I'll use my uh, my Marvel Mastercard when I go. That's a good idea. You know, when you use a Marvel Mastercard at some movie theaters, you can get three percent cash back. Yeah. And it's not just movie theaters. It's concerts, theater events, music stores and digital downloads, toy and hobby stores, select dining, video game rental stores, amusement parks, zoos, circuses and aquariums, books and comic book stores, and digital apps and computer software stores. 3% cash back. This sounds like the best life. Like, I'm going to go yeah. to the circus, then I'm going to go to the video game <laughs> rental store, and I'm going to finish it up and by I'm going just, to dinner and a movie. And I'm just constantly accumulating cash back. Yeah. It's just it's blang, 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 blang. Well, you do it. Um, That's the lifestyle the Marvel MasterCard provides. Totally. You get that at marvelmastercard.com. You mm-hmm. can sign up. But one thing I forgot last week, and we're going to keep letting you guys know about this, there's a big sweepstakes going on. The Marvel fans who apply for the Marvel MasterCard through May 31st will be automatically entered into the Marvel MasterCard sweepstakes for a chance to win a grand prize trip for two. For two. Two. Not one. To attend the U.S. premiere of Marvel's Doctor Strange in Los Angeles. Two. Or several other superpowered items. Official rules and more information can be found at marvelcreditsweeps.com. That's M A R V E L C R E D I T S W E E P S.com. Can I enter this contest? I do not believe so. I imagine it's not available to employees and friends and family. Oh, like I have a whole thing of rules. You're like, here. oh, yummy. Yeah, there's disclaimers. Yeah. My favorite thing. Delightful disclaimers. My, my favorite thing. Yeah. Can Alexis uh, enter after today? Huh, that's a good question. Maybe. I hope so. Yeah. I like you credit should. cards. <laughs> <laughs> you like credit cards, but you also like sweepstakes where you yeah, can potentially go to at. a yeah. you know, red carpet event. And, and then the day walk. of, we'll have to persuade her to go. Yeah. Like, <laughs> She'll be like, oh, oh man. I was going to go brush my hair, but, yeah. you know. Look at all this hair. And then I had to kickbox somebody's face off. Yeah. And they got my hair okay. out of place. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Well, believe it or not, this is not all we talk about here on this podcast. We do talk a lot about the Marvel MasterCard and all the great benefits you can get from it. But we also talk about the comics that are out this week. So why don't we do that now, oh my Mr. Gosh. Panagos? There are 90 bajillion. There are. We're putting out so many comics. So it's many like comics. They're, the piles of comics would crush your chest if you lay with them on your chest. Yes. Which sometimes, you know, I like to do. Yeah? yeah? I can't read like that. No. No, it's hard. it hurts my I'm neck. sorry. It's all right. Uh, first up is A-Force, number five, written by Kelly Thompson. Art by Ben Caldwell. Colors by Ian Herring. Ben, is uh, Ben Caldwell ongoing artist? Or? Ben Caldwell is going to be the artist for the next few issues. He's basically doing a story arc. That's and great. Getting Ben Caldwell to do anything is awesome. It's, I mean, the art in here. It, it's also you got to give major credit to Ian Herring because mm-hmm. it's it's incredible art and beautiful colors that complement each other perfectly. Also, fantastic story. This is uh, it opens up so at the end of last issue, the the A Force crew had teleported because Singularity had like fig. She noticed something. Right. Well, she she basically made the mention of, she's like, I'm not from here. I'm from another world, and other things from my world have bled through. Got it. She comes from the battle world, battle world of the Secret Wars fame. Yeah. And, uh, you may remember from 2015 Secret Wars. Yeah. Dig back deep into your memory banks and go less than a year. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
And so we've got our crew, which is just the best team. It's Medusa, She-Hulk, Singularity, Captain Marvel, Nico, Minoru, and Dazzler. And they go to investigate what uh, Singularity has sensed. And they come up across a giant dragon, which is beautiful. It's really cool. Um, I think they, they see the dragon. They also see a Thor. <laughs> a Thor. A very cool, special Thor. Yeah, a Thor fighting the dragon. But I love it because She-Hulk is, like, super into this. She really wants to fight the dragon. Well, she said it was on her bucket it's list. It's on her bucket list. It's on her bucket list. Of I things just, to do. I love that. Uh, they figure out who's, what this Thor is. And I won't give the surprise away. Because it's a really, really neat little thing with who this Thor is. And then it, like, starts spinning off. And I love that all the Secret War stuff is, like, connected. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's really fair cool. game. And we got that. And with Contest of Champions and various mm-hmm. other things, it's it's just awesome to see that here. Uh, we it's get, like we didn't entirely shut the door on all those cool possibilities that came with Secret Wars. Right. A lot of them are still open, and we'll see them in comics in the future. Yeah, one of my favorite moments is here. And Angela, too, remember? Yeah, of course. Uh, one of my favorite moments in here is... Uh, Medusa using her super strong um, hair and yep. like that she can control to basically do a fastball special yep. with uh, She-Hulk and She-Hulk is just like yes it's going to be awesome do it and it's terrific it's really really fun uh, then they go they they go to a diner which is an Asgardian themed diner you know of you course know. that's there uh, there's that's drinking that exists in the Marvel Universe there's drinking there's merriment there's potential pie and there's also um a big revelation for one of our car- one of our heroes here, and then a big um, turning point potentially mm. for another one. Major Fantastic issue. Fantastic issue. Lots of turning points. Turning points the likes of which you'll also see in All New Inhumans number seven, written by James Asmus, art by Stefano Caselli, colors by Andres Malsa. We ended last issue with Flint, who has essentially been an orphan all his life, doesn't know where his family's from. Is that a bug? Was that a child or? A, we just we just heard a sound a that could have been a horse. child or a bug or a horse. But we're going to continue talking about all new. Humans. I hope you guys heard it too. I so heard it too. You're just, not crazy. No, uh, the three of us heard oh, it, but I'm yeah. hoping that the microphones picked it up. It was loud in my ears. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so you guys it sounds like a bug. <laughs> play play a new game called Tell Us Name That Sound. <laughs> Tell us what it was. So. Someone knocking on the door now? No, just go. Oh, God. All right. So Anna Kravenoff, who we now know is an inhuman and also the daughter of Craven the Hunter, along with Gorgon, accompany Flint to Mozambique, where they claim to have found his family. It's a different tribe of inhumans. Uh, Anna Kravenoff is a little... I I like that we got this character back. I like that we have Anna Kravenoff doing stuff because I thought she was a cool character created, wasn't used a lot in Spider-Man, now has a new lease on life as an inhuman, very cold-blooded, does some questionable stuff. There's hallucinogens involved here. There is a fight, a prerequisite fight between some other inhumans. We get to see some more new cool inhumans. We get to see how this place uh, is run different than Adelan. Um, it's it's run by a society of mothers, the Maternal Council of Elders, and they have their champions who are the big guys who do their bidding. But then Flint does get to reunite with his mom. There's some stuff going on here. Uh, Gorgon gets the tour of the city. Again, this is the book where we're kind of fleshing out what it means to be an inhuman, both in terms of character and in terms of culture. So that fits in perfectly with the book. There's some skullduggery going on. And uh, one of the characters who we met earlier in the book has a surprising relationship to Flint. And we'll learn more about that in the next issue. 
Yeah. All right, on to Amazing Spider-Man number 12. This is uh, first part of Power Play and the Stark Contrast, written by Dan Slott, art by Giuseppe Camoncoli, inks by Cam Smith, colors by Marte Gracia, and uh, this is one... The debut of Regent in the mm-hmm. Marvel Prime universe. Uh, it also actually is didn't Regent debut a couple issues ago, saving Harry Osborn's kids. I thought it was just Augustus Roman. Oh, it? maybe. I think the the like it's one of those things. Him where, as Regent. Was he? No, I'm saying you're saying you're this saying is him as Regent. This is him as Regent. Yeah, this is the first time we get to see him in his costume. This is this is a price guide thing. Yeah, isn't it? This is me thinking in my wizard price guide mind. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. So this is the first appearance of Regent, whereas we have already seen Augustus Roman, but they're at a gathering uh, of richy rich people. Yep. Lots of money, you know, probably like maybe like. Twenty-four dollars a plate, at least. At least, right? At least. Uh, so Could be big, a cool thirty. Big bucks here. Uh, so you've got Tony Stark, you've got Augustus Roman, you've got uh, Liz Allen, uh, you've got Harry Lyman now, who's yeah. no longer Harry Osborn because embracing like, that Lyman heritage. You know the classic Lyman heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, who spoils the fun? Ghost. Ghost, always. Ghost. If you're if you're a rich person and you're having a good time, yeah. count on ghosts to ruin your day. Totally. He's going to come in and just ghost it up. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. We're seeing, like, the building blocks for making Regent really crazy scary and, and powerful. But also, like, his origin is in here. And it's hard to not associate with some of the reasoning behind what he's doing. Yeah, he's definitely a classic Marvel villain in the sense that he's, you know, three-dimensional, shades of gray. There's all sorts of stuff going on there. Yep. Uh, All sorts of of stuff also going on in Black Widow number three, written by Mark Wade and Chris Somney. Wait, hold on. Before you get there, we also have The Amazing Spider-Man and Silk. Guys, stay tuned for Black Widow number three, coming soon to a theater (laughs) near you. Uh, Well, we don't know that. What? What did you say? The theater near you is going to be my mouth talking oh. about Black Widow number three. Okay. Amazing Spider-Man. It was Spider- a metaphor. Great. Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, the Spider-Fly effect number three. This uh, covers parts five and six of the Infinite comic. And you've got Peter and Cindy, Peter Parker and Cindy Moon, trapped in the past without their powers uh, because it's like a Back to the Future type thing. This is uh, written by Robbie Thompson, storyboards by Jeffo, art by Todd Nock, colors by Veronica Gandini. And so they're they're stuck in the past and they figure, okay, how do we get everything right again? We're going to make sure we get involved with the spider bite that uh, gave us both our powers. Which, hello, hello, hello McFly. McFly, <laughs> uh, that seems like so a, annoyed today. <laughs> I know, seems like a terrible idea. Of course, things turn uh, all kinds of different ways, but we do get to meet uh, the person who is inside the Chronosaurus Rex suit, and that whole story is both heartbreaking and terrific. And um, we get to see like Uncle Ben, man of action, yeah. in here, which is Love great. It. Which is great. Great cover too. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Totes. Totally. You guys remember when I was talking about Black Widow number three a little while ago? No. Let's talk about it some more. Okay. Black Widow number three is written by Chris Somney and Mark Wade, art by Somney, colors by Matt Wilson, letters by Joe Caramagna. Natasha is 
on the run from S.H.I.E.L.D. after she was forced by the Weeping Lion, this new villain who's blackmailing her into stealing stuff from S.H.I.E.L.D. Now she's walking through New York City. She's doing her thing. She's setting up traps to try to evade this S.H.I.E.L.D. agent elder who is hot on her trail. She gets some information that she needs to go to Russia. She needs to go back to where she was trained. She needs to go where the Red Room was. And it just gets... In Russia. Yeah. Training Go trains on. you. Yeah, training does train you. Good, Ryan. Good. Um, <laughs> bulk of this issue is, I like it, is translated from the Russian, translated from Russian, um, but it's it's her revisiting her past. I love the staggering of the flashbacks. The art is just tremendous. It gets really brutal. That's the one thing that I think is already kind of setting this book apart from when Wade Insomni did Daredevil. Is just the level of not out and out like crazy explosions, but the the subtle violence that comes with being Black Widow. It reminds me like if you play video games and you play a stealth like very mm. stealth based video game uh, like this makes me want a Black Widow yeah. stealth spy video game really badly. Well to that point it's like the whole first issue remember was a lot of ways like very little dialogue all action. In this issue we have more dialogue, we have some more exposition but there are full pages where just no one talks and it's just getting to see Black Widow do her thing and that's quickly becoming like I think the trademark action sequence of Wade Insomni. That's how they demonstrate how lethal Black Widow is. I love this page where they show kind of like a montage of ballet moves that Natasha's doing and in the background as she's also doing her fight and you see that her fight is basically a dance. Her way of taking these people down is basically a dance. The most dangerous dance. The most dangerous dance of all. It's like it's the like, Macarena. <laughs> um, and we get more flashbacks to her childhood. I love that she had the same hair when she was a kid. It's like the exact same haircut that she has now. You know, consistency is important. She's had she's rocked some crazy cuts over the years. Yeah. Though. Remember when she had the really short cut when she yeah. was wearing the bomber jacket? For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Everyone, everyone had their bomber jacket haircuts. They're yeah. all different. Um, and what happens at the end of this issue, I have th this seems like a dream sequence. It seems like an imaginary tale. But no, it's for real. This thing that happens on the last page. And uh, Natasha not in good shape as the issue ends. Yeah. All right, on to Captain America, Sam Wilson, number nine, written by Nick Spencer, art by Angel Unzueta, colors by Chris Peter. And... This is this is the big like uh, Avengers standoff assault on Pleasant Hill aftermath epilogue. issue epilogue uh, story where you get to see uh, Sam sort of wrestling with everything he's been wrestling with for a while like oh you don't deserve to be Captain America oh where's Steve Rogers now Steve Rogers is back and people yeah, are saying he's standing right there looking handsome as ever yes and uh, you know who's going to be Captain America uh, they've, they've talked about it there'll be two Captain Americas both of them uh, can do it but you know Steve wants Sam to wield the shield yes as it will as you were um, and then we get to see uh, there's a cool ceremony where uh, Cap does his thing or both Caps do their thing but they are do interrupted thing, by Cap Ring. Chance Oh, give us a little lowdown on Chance. So then. excited to see Chance. Chance was a character who was created back in the '90s as a Spider-Man villain. He is basically uh, a gambler who has he's, he's he's addicted to gambling and he's taken his gambling to the next level in that he wears a super suit and places bets on himself to take out superheroes. So he is his own 
sports team that he's betting on. It's amazing. He probably gets his ass kicked a lot. Oh, so yeah. why would he not constantly bet against himself? That's a great point, Ryan. Because unfortunately, someone who's addicted to gambling is not thinking straight. It's true. You know, it's true. they're just they're caught up in the in the rush. And criminals are a superstitious and cowardly lot. I've heard that. Yes. Uh, we get all that. There's plenty more. There's a big surprise. Uh, weirdness of awesomeness by the last page. But most importantly, we finally get into the bone zone. There's yeah. really great Heavy bone zone. Heavy into the bone yeah, zone. Yeah, like deep into the bone zone here. The bone it's, zone is penetrated big it's time. wonderful. I'm very happy for both characters who yeah. embark upon their uh, crossing the event horizon trip. It is uh, terrific. There's nice music accompanying them and everything. Yeah. Uh, nice music that translates all the way into Contest of Champions number 8, written by Al Ewing, art by Roald Marcellus, colors by Andrew Crossley. We begin in the interior of somewhere else where the void in the sentry see a big old symbiote face. And that's a, kind of an omen of what's to come in the Contest of Champions. The Ultimates and our protagonist from Contest of Champions are both battling symbiote um, shifters. I, I don't know. What, I forget what they're called in the game. Uh, oh, I don't remember. Yeah. The right. Clintars, yeah. But it's basically these Clint, like, um, these Clintars are running wild. They are attacking the Ultimates. They're, They're going to run wild on you, brother. <laughs> They're attacking the Ultimates. They're attacking Maestro. We've got Ares, Night Thrasher, and the alternate Bullseye, and Guillotine, and Madam Hydra trying to do their thing. Jake Gallo's future Punisher has a really cool exchange with Nigel Higgins, Outlaw, the British Punisher. So future Punisher meets British Punisher. Hey, I'm the Punisher. Yeah, British Punisher, Outlaw, gets a great moment here that I know Al's probably been waiting to do um, some really cool stuff with Night Thrasher. I love that Night Thrasher is made to be like the most, he's just so accomplished and just so knows what he's doing. He's just a step ahead of everyone because those of us who read New Warriors, he was always that character. But when he showed up in the greater Marvel Universe, it didn't necessarily happen. Um, we get a mental battle on the on the psychic plane with Madam Hydra, the Clintar, and Maestro. Things go bad. The Ultimates... Uh, finish their role here, but take somebody with them who you wouldn't expect to be going with them, and leave someone behind who you wouldn't expect them to leave behind. Did they take me? They did not take you. Oh. You're still here. Oh. You were not taken. And now, Maestro is boasting that the true contest is really about to begin. My so, only question there is, the character that gets left behind, wouldn't they be like, wait a minute, I guess... Their There's some sort with. of weird mind fog thing right. where they get back and they don't they don't know what's going on. So, yes. yeah. Lexi, do you often get weird mind fogs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got Daredevil and the Punisher. Le Punisher. Uh, Seventh Circle, Chapter 1, uh, written by Charles Soule. Layouts by Riley Brown. Pencils and inks by Simon Kudrensky. Colors by Jim Charlampitas. And this is another of the uh, print issues that covers two parts of an infinite comic. Mm -hmm. uh, so this is a, uh, a new twist on the classic Daredevil Punisher tale. You know, it starts off... Matt Murdock's like, take this scum and bring him to Texas. And uh, that's my Matt what? Murdock. Take this scum and bring him to Texas. That's, uh, how is that Daredevil? That doesn't sound that's anything. Ma that's Matt Murdock. That doesn't sound anything that's like Ben Affleck. 
How dare you? How, how dare you? How dare you? Uh, and so they, they're they going to transfer this prisoner who's done some terrible things and is really gross and big and scary and nasty. Uh, they're going to take him, throw him to Texas. He spits at Matt Murdock's shoe. Not a good move. Disrespectful. Yep. I'll tell you that much. Don't spit on a man's shoes. Uh, but so this prisoner is about to be transported and boom, shot rings out. There's a sniper. Guess who it is? It's the Punisher. I'm going to say the Punisher. Oh. Yep. Nailed it. I had it. Yep. I guess uh, that from the title of the book, which sets it off into this really great like high speed chase action crazy thrill ride. Blind spot gets involved. Uh, Punisher's like got the battle van in full working order, and it's terrific. Uh, and it's great because you could it it really plays up the philosophical differences between Punisher and Daredevil, which is what you want to do when you get those two characters totally. Uh, and it's got Punisher. Just being intimidating and scary and going after everyone in his way. Uh, and, of course, some no-goodniks get involved who, uh, you know, they'll get stuck in the crossfire one way or another. By the end, uh, we'll see where this throwdown throws down. All right. Throwdown. Up next, we've got Deadpool Massacre, number one, written by Brian Posehn and Jerry Duggan, illustrated by Scott Cobblish, colors by Nick Filardi. Now, this is an interesting one. We originally put this out like a month or two ago. In full uh, Spanish, original language that it was meant to be in right. because Massacre is the Mexican Deadpool. The actual thing is in uh, in Spanish language, at least most of them that I've seen, Deadpool comics aren't called Deadpool. They're called Massacre. I have a trade that is a Massacre trade, but it's like Daniel Way era Deadpool. Yeah. You have no Mexican Deadpool voice, though. No, I'm, no, I'm not no. gonna do anything offensive. Isn't that interesting? In that Isn't that interesting that you have the British Punisher ready, locked and loaded, but Mexican Deadpool? No. Oi, my name's Mexican Deadpool. There I'm massacred. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, we've got this now. What what they did essentially is uh, it was written in English, but for the translation to Spanish, uh, they they basically took the original English. Translated into Spanish, then took that Spanish translation and ran it through like Google Translator or mm. some such thing. Whatever was the easiest way to do it, I'm sure. Well, whichever was the funniest because it's ridiculous. It's insane. It's a terrible translation. Uh, half of it doesn't make any sense, and it's <laughs> wonderful to read. It actually took me much longer to read than anything else because I was trying to make sure I sussed out all the proper lines. I was like, wait, what's happening? Uh, but it's really funny. It's bonkers ridiculous. You get introduced to Massacre, who, if you've been reading Deadpool or Deadpool and the Mercs for Money, you know a bit more about. Uh, but it's, it's a lot of killing, and there's an awesome uh, big cat in it. I love, love Big the Big cats. cats. I do. I love Big Cats so much. We also much. love Howard the Duck number seven, written by Chip Zdarsky, guest art by Kevin McGuire, a real treat. And Joe Canonis, the regular artist, along with Jordan Gibson, is on colors this issue. So a multiple threat. I love that this issue is just a quick escalation of things. It opens on Peter Parker at a wealthy event where he's trying to get information for Howard and for She-Hulk and for Tara. Is it Tana or Tara? Tara. Tara. I had it right the first time. Eat it, listeners. Um, mm, what yeah. are they eating? Yeah, I don't know what they're eating. I'm hungry. So Peter, is, we, we record this around lunchtime. It always drives me nuts. Such a bad mistake. I've scheduled this. Yeah. I've done this You've to done us. You've done this to us. Yeah, I'm you the are, problem. You are responsible for this. Um, so Peter Parker, at the behest of Howard the Duck, Tara, and She-Hulk, is trying to get some information, find out where a missing defendant of She-Hulk's has gone. Um, then... 
they're doing this. Matt Murdock shows up. Turns out he's prosecuting the case. So he also wants to find this guy who's gone missing, who's gone missing on some sort of wealthy person expedition. But then the humor kicks in when they get the information they need and Howard goes, cool, I'll call Spider-Man. Then they go to Peter Parker, who is out of costume, who then picks up and goes, yeah, Spider-Man here. Uh, Oh, hey, we found out it's all in the Savage Land. We're going to go to the Savage Land. So now we've got She-Hulk, Spider-Man, Howard the Duck, Tara going to the Savage Land. Matt Murdock says, I want to go to the Savage Land. She-Hulk says, no, we're not taking a blind guy with us to the Savage Land. He goes, oh, yeah, right. I'll send Daredevil. He's a good friend of mine. So Daredevil's going to go to the Savage Land. The problem is Savage Land is highly protected by the United Nations, so they need someone to basically get them in so they get Old Man Steve Rogers, which leads to Old Man Steve Rogers flying a Quinjet with Howard the Duck, Spider-Man, Tara, She-Hulk, and Daredevil all going to the Savage Land. Howard is so mean to old man Steve Rogers. It's terrific. He thinks he's just the worst, and just hilarity Wait, ensues. Don't sleep on the name that Tara gives the the team. Oh, yes, the uh, the Uncanny Rescue Rescue Rangers. Yes. Uncanny Rescue Rangers, repeated by Howard later on. They go searching through the Savage Land. They fight dinosaurs. They meet... Um, these people who have somehow harnessed helmets to control the dinosaurs. It's Howard- basically like like bad Jurassic Park. Yeah. Which Jurassic Park has always failed, so yeah. these people failed well, I like, m- majorly. I like that on the cover of the issue it says trapped in some kind of dinosaur theme park. So Question yeah. Mark. It's basically, yeah, this is our take on Jurassic Park in the Savage Land. But you get to see Kevin Maguire draw all these great characters, all these big dinosaurs, all these wacky moments, all this humor. Uh, You get Steve Rogers has a real... This is before Steve Rogers got turned back into young, virile Captain America. He has a really tough moment. strapping. Strapping, beautiful... Juicy, just, mm, just mm, dripping. That wonderful man. Just so much man. Yeah. But um, Spider-Man comes up with an idea. Howard executes the idea. Howard ends up the hero of the day. Spider-Man ends up the goat. And then I love this. The last page is just Steve Rogers says something. That just goes. This was a great idea, Howard. And Howard goes, Yeah, I know. And it's something to do with the fact that they can now control dinosaurs. It's beautiful issue. It's really well great. done, Team Howard the Duck. I now want much more Zadarsky Maguire team ups. Oh yeah, I mean, that it is seems like a perfect mix. The best. I want Zadarsky Maguire Kanona's team ups because Kanona's yeah. added as well. Yes, true, 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 true. All right, Invincible Iron Man number nine. We on the road to civil war. We're on the road to on the civil road war. To civil war. Civil war two. Civil war two. And this one's written by Brian Michael Bendis with art by Mike Diodato, colors by Frank Martin. Tony Stark has gone missing. Rhodey is searching for him in Madripoor. His board of directors is searching for him at his residence and at his place of work. Uh, a couple of college kids who we've they've been alluded to uh well this particular college kid this mit student has been alluded to a few times throughout this series she finally shows up we get to meet her and her name is riri uh she's built something she's very smart and she's very talented is it a talking pizza dog it is not a talking pizza dog not this time like i said james rhodes is in japan trying to seek out i think i might have said mad report by mistake but he's actually in japan looking for tony tony's gone missing he gets in this weird fight with this random guy who seems out to protect Yukio who makes a nice cameo in this Uh, we also have Tony's girlfriend 
or love interest. I don't know what we're calling her these days. Um, I don't know what her, her relationship status is, Dr. Pereira. And she has another encounter with Dr. Doom, who wants to get into Tony's life any way he can. Now, d he's, is Doom actually a doctor? I mean... He went to school. Let's let's did, let's look at this logically. Finish. No, let's look at this logically. He went to school uh -huh. with Reed Richards. Yeah. He, as far as we know, was not on a medical track. Is Reed Richards a doctor? Uh, I feel like he's a professor. Well, he's. Does he have a doctorate? I think he has. He has he, a doctorate. Right, but so here's what I, here's what I'll say. Yes, I, I know what you're going with, Ryan. Let me let me let me fill in the dots. Okay. Um, you're saying that because he had a whole accent with his face and left school and went to um, be trained by monks and then had the iron mask put on his face. When did he have time to get his doctorate? My answer to you is. Dr. Doom is the ruler of the entire country of Latveria. No problem getting Latveria University to bestow upon him an honorary degree, which makes him a doctor you know, of Doom. They, Latveria University is pretty prestigious. Yeah. They are very prestigious and very loose with the rules. You know, I yeah, I need to go there. I want a doctorate. I was whitelisted there. What does that mean? I, I was on the waiting list. I didn't get oh, it. you said whitelist. I think I did. Yeah. <laughs> is whitelist a thing? Am I making that up? You're Lexi. close enough to college age. Whitelist is not a thing. Whitelist, not a thing, guys. Whitelist wow. is, but you definitely whitelist. said whitelist. I said whitelist. <laughs> yet another thing you learn here on This Week in Marvel, whitelist, not a thing. Well, not for, for college-ing. Yeah, maybe it's a thing for something else. All right, so anyway, we've agreed that uh, Dr. Doom mm. is probably an honorary doctorate. Or, or he just went, like, took one class and was like, I got this. Yeah, took, and a, they night, were just took like, a night class. There you go. You're yeah. now Dr. Doom. Yeah. But, I mean, we, I mean, it would be interesting to see the early days of Doom when he was just Mr. Doom. Yeah. Or uh, whatever, president. He could have just been President Doom. Is I he, guess he's not, not a president. He's not democratically it's a, it's a, elected. Yeah. <laughs> no, King there's Doom? certainly no democracy. King Doom. I, whatever. I like Mr. Doom Lord the best. Doom? No, he was Mr. Doom. Yeah. Mr. Doom. And he's like, this sounds ridiculous. <laughs> Got to go to Latveria University. <laughs> Mr. Doom was my father. Please call me <laughs> Victor. <laughs> good stuff good stuff so he's a doctor of doom so we've just solved that riddle yeah so anyways yeah tony stark's still missing i hope they can find him yep marvel universe avengers assemble season two civil war number three that's a mouthful but it's a great comic adapting our hit animated series this adapts two episodes small time heroes written by Kevin Burke and Chris Doc Wyatt, directed by Phil Pignotti, as well as Secret Avengers, written by Paul Giacopo, and directed by Tim Elrid. It's all adapted by our boy Joe Caramagna for you. Yes. Uh, so if you guys hear any clattering in the background, even though he's trying to move like a ninja... Yeah, we won't let this go. Yeah, Jason Latore is broken in into our recording session yeah. and he's coming in trying to make uh make a mess coming in hot take some video equipment uh this is what happens here yep. at marvel but wackiness zaniness and we're gonna get all back over to the place the comics we got moon knight number two written by jeff lemire art by greg smallwood colors by jordy belair uh this is crazy in many ways it is yeah. wild i, I love am this issue trying to figure out like the, the best part is you've got 
the the, the conceit is Mark Spector is in this um, this mental hospital, mm -hmm. and it's a very old school style. It doesn't fit right. It's not the what you would expect from current. It's got like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest type yeah. vibe, which does not really exist anymore, no. as far as I've been told. And um, he's here, and we don't know if the reality is that he's actually there. And this is like he's imagined all his career as Moon Knight, or if he's trapped there by uh, like his adversaries and is being brainwashed. Now, this is something that's been done before. Like, I know there was a famous episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that did this, but this is a whole new way of like a whole new level of psychological kind of just madness. Yeah. And yeah. it, it's it's beautiful. There's like we're looking at <clears throat> some of the pages here. That this are, art by Smallwood. Oh he, my gosh! I, it's like in between even issues one and two, he got leagues better, and yeah. it was good to start. And it, the the interesting thing is, it's, he's going on multiple styles here. He's doing the style that's like more straightforward, like cool comic book illustrator right. stuff. In terms of you know Mark being talking to the the staff in, in the mental hospital, right? And then it goes into in, what we imagine is inside Mark's brain. He's communicating with Conchu, uh, who is the the moon god, god of the moon, god of the moon, god of vengeance. Yeah, and Conchu, and they have this conversation, and it's a totally different style. It's scratchy, yep. and uh, it's just like it's a little bit muted, except for there are some. Special color areas. No styles clash, though. What's that? There's no styles clash. No. The styles work well together. They don't clash. Yeah. I thought you were specifically making an AJ joke. Oh, no. Uh, uh, but we get to... Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's got uh, beautiful colors. Jordy kills it, as she always does. I love seeing Moon Knights. I, I will never get sick of seeing him in the suit and tie. Oh, yeah. That, that, is, a, that, that is a look. That is... Declan Shalvey gave us something wonderful when he introduced that costume. I'm glad they keep using it. Yeah. Uh, and the, the great thing is, throughout this... Uh, this issue, we're not sure yeah. what the reality is. What what is actually happening? I I will go back and forth each time. Yeah, and each the time. other thing, I, I really like the idea that not only is he there, but all his supporting characters are there yeah. as patients. So that's the way his delusion, if it is a delusion, it's created itself. It's literally taken all the people who are you know in the room with him and just used them to feed his delusion. And, and you know they they might be believing in himself. It's it's. It's high-level stuff that yeah. Jeff Lemire is doing, and it's beautiful, and it's a really impressive book. Yes. Speaking of, uh, as we were a little while ago, standoff epilogues, standoff gather em ups That's what you call something. Yeah. Hello, this is a gather em up <laughs> It's one of them old gather em ups We got New Avengers number 11, which in the wake of standoff, Sunspot has taken most of the team and gone to a very sp the secret location of AIM. He's met up with Cannonball. We saw that last issue. Here's the story of what happened to everyone who got left behind. First of all, we have this really weird scene with uh, Wiccan and Hulkling going to visit the Scarlet Witch, who Scarlet Witch is taking on the role of some sort of surrogate mother to Wiccan because, as he even says here, maybe he's her magical child reborn. Not quite. But Comic she, books. It's so weird. She's just in this. I should mention this is written by Al Ewing, art by Gerardo Sandoval. Gerardo Sandoval just has the Scarlet Witch in this most like seductive, like, come hither Mrs. Robinson pose. But not 
that's not her intention. Yeah. Uh, that we know of. I think she's really just winding them up, which yeah. I think is fun. She's like, partially, like, you could see she's just having a fun time. It's every awkward. It's every awkward conversation you've had with your significant other and your parents are there and they just make it weird. But it's Scarlet Witch doing it, which makes it 25 times better. She talks to them about um, their code names, about getting married, why aren't they married yet. It's tremendous. Uh, Wiccan really becomes a focal point in this issue because he's got Squirrel Girl, he's got Hulkling. As we see later, Hawkeye and Songbird are still around, whether they want Songbird around or not, after what she's done. Um, but Wiccan has basically taken the point of, like, because they talk about, they're like, you know what, we could go back to the Young Avengers, we do something else. And Wiccan recalls a conversation he had with Sunspot when they first joined the New Avengers, which is really cool, and Sunspot basically just saying, like, look, if you're going to be on this team, it's not about being young Avengers. You're not Avengers in waiting. You're Avengers now. We're the new Avengers. This is our mission statement. Let's go. Now they're pissed at Roberto because he's, you know, gone into hiding and left them behind, but they still want to live up to his the potential that he said they have. They go and fight the Plunderer. The, this whole scene with the plunderer and his uh terry and terry Hench is, hardy henchman number one terry i love this so much it's hilarious squirrel girl the whole issue is saying we got to go fight the plunderer we got to go fight the plunderer apparently she's fought the plunderer many times because she attacks terry with squirrels and he just goes no my greatest fear is squirrels in strami-esque fashion right so the this is the creepy thing, mm -hmm. not only is he terrified of squirrels, he's terrified of confined spaces. Mm. Strami is terrified of squirrels and elevators, which right. are confined spaces. Which is a confined space. So, yeah. It's basically, Terry is Strami. Terry is Strami come to, I was going to say come to life. I guess <laughs> Strami would be Terry come to life. But they would, would that make Wolfman the plunderer? I, mm, I don't know how that works. <laughs> I think that makes one of us the plunderer. <laughs> We can fight over that later. Um, but no, it's it's great. It's funny. Plunderer is ridiculous. But in the midst of all this humor, you have Wiccan, Hawkeye having some really serious stuff. And I love the conversation between Wiccan and Hawkeye at the end. I love this character progression for Wiccan. I hope it keeps going. And I'm really excited to see what happens when Roberto comes back into the picture. I'm excited by the developments with Songbird. And of course, I'm excited to see Cannonball. Yes. Because I love Cannonball. Yes, indeed. Next issue, we're going to find out what happened to Power Man, Pod, and White Tiger, because they're kind of unaccounted for. Ooh. All right. On to Nova number seven, written by Sean Ryan, art by R.B. Silva, Andriano Di Benedetto, and Andres Mosa. Uh, so I got real talk for a second. Real talk. So much bad stuff is happening to Sal Sam Alexander. Yeah. It's bumming me out. Like he's like a, is, he's like a Grey's Anatomy character. I don't. What does I know. That mean? I know. No one got that, huh? Thanks, listeners. Okay. <laughs> Write it in. Do, do, is there a character actually named Grey? Yeah. There is, right? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, there's bad stuff always happens to them. Okay. It's that kind of show. Gotcha. Well, season twelve. Really? I think twelve years of bad I stuff. Think more. No, it's great stuff. Um, well, no, I mean, I'm sure it's oh, great. Oh yeah, it's bad been, stuff happening. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so this has been This Week in Grey's Anatomy, uh, but Sam has been dealing with nonstop awfulness. Uh, and here he figures out, like, he had, had like, there was, he thought was his dad, turned out to be a clone. The clone face was falling off. Yeah. And really was like, this I'm sorry, story. I'm trying to do good. I'm not your dad. Oh, this is really awkward. I'm going to go over here and be a minor. Bye. Yeah. And then, uh, so they reconciled on the previous issue. But here we get this distress call 
from the clone who's out looking for Sam's real dad, and then it just turns sideways. It goes crazy. Uh, it's tragic. It's explosive. It's intense. It's heartbreaking. Like there's this. They got to give credit to Sean and Arby and the team because there's this one page mm. after everything happened, and there's one particular panel that is silent, Oof. and it's really like it's illustrated in a very specific. It's it, it's simple, but it works really well. Um, all that said, and then. You know, poor Sam, he's got a whole bunch of things that he's got to deal with. He's going to leave Earth, which made me think, okay, this is the second Civil War with a Nova who's bounced off the planet. Yep. What if he could have changed the tide? Yeah. What if he's... Does this mean we get another Annihilation? Oh, my God. Wouldn't that be crazy? What if we just sprang Annihilation five or yeah, two or we didn't, three? We didn't announce it. It just comes out of there. Yeah. That would be crazy. Yeah, because Nova has always got to be in space doing awesome stuff. Uh, well, Civil War is going on. Yes. That's the jam. Yep. All right. On to Poe Dameron, number two, written by Charles Soule, art by Phil Noto. Uh, so here we get to figure out that there's this one guy who is following Poe Dameron, who Poe is trapped in this this crazy planet, and they've got these people who are worshipping this egg, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. I don't know what I was talking about because we just had visitors from the Miami Dolphins and it was a fun little chat. Yes, but what back, fun little chat. Uh, so shout out to Surf and Crew. Uh, they listened to the show and just uh, saying hello. But back on track, I was talking about the guy who's been trailing Poe Dameron and the Black yeah, Squadron. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Agent Terex. Who, Agent Terex. <laughs> I love him. Oh, he's yeah. kind of, a, he's curmudgeon but he's like, he's a little bit of sass and he's got like, he's basically like, hey, I'm pretty great. I'm a bad guy. Screw all y'all. DX crotch chop. You know where my girl was from, though? No. It's from, uh, it was from, uh, What Hot American Summer, where they announced, we're playing those guys from Camp, Tank, Camp Tiger Claw. Grrr. Right. Uh, shout out to Wet Hot American Summer, getting the second season. Coming back. Yeah, uh, 10 years later. Oh, so excited. Oh my gosh. Why are we not doing a This Week in... Hot, hot American, American summer. summer. I want to do it this week and everything. Yeah, it's, it's truly fair. Uh, all right, so we get to see Poe uh, being, you know, like trying to negotiate and keep people safe and being a good guy in a bad situation. Uh, the Black Squadron being pretty great in this. They uh, they get into some trouble. They cause a bit of trouble. You get to see a little bit of. Um, I was going to say Doc. Dr. Afra, she's no, not in this book. She's not in this. No, uh, Captain Phasma. Oh, uh, yeah. Phasma shows up in here, uh, which always need more Phasma. Always looking for Phasma. Always looking for Punisher, the Punisher number one, out this week. Written by Becky Clunan, art by Steve Dillon. Yes, that Steve Dillon. Colors by Frank Martin and Parental Advisory. This is not for kids. Yo, I was not. All. I was not expecting it to not be a Max book, but be what it was. So, as always with a Punisher book, well, you see different kinds of Punisher books, and this takes the approach of Punisher being more of the. Punisher doesn't have any lines in the book. He's the star of the book, but he doesn't have any lines. You follow this drug cartel, uh, this this guy who's a former mercenary, this weirdo named Face, the DEA agents that Face, are working like the case. Face Yeah. Um, these DEA agents who are working the case, trying to take him down. So you basically, the first two-thirds of the book 
It's just that. And then you have Punisher kind of in the background, just making weapons, loading his gun, getting ready to go, and then just exploding onto the scene, this force of nature, just taking out all of these drug pushers. Uh, a couple of the guys pop this drug that basically makes them into super soldiers, so Punisher has to get a little creative. Pop in the gross. drugs. Gross. So gross. Um, this other this other character, Olaf, who is the mercenary who's responsible for minding the store. He's also a, in uh, Frozen, right? Yeah, uh, this is, you know, the snowman from Frozen um, in human form. This is, this is his debut in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he, God, it's just so gross. Um, it's just, just snow everywhere. Snow everywhere, just scattered to the winds. The, the worst thing about this is I imagine there's someone who's going to be like, wait, are they telling the truth? Is yeah. there really is a frozen character in an all in a mature reader's book from no. Punisher? Just to just to clarify, we're not we're nope. not telling the truth nope. um, this last page. But man, so let's talk about first great awesome Punisher story by Becky Cloonan. Let's talk about Steve Dillon for a sec. One of the best of all time. I had heard our editor in chief Axel Alonso in a meeting recently said, "You guys got to see the stuff D- D- Steve Dillon's doing on Punisher because it may be the best stuff he's ever done, and it may be. And he's done some good stuff. I think Frank Martin coloring him makes a huge difference. Um, I don't know if Frank's ever colored him in the past, but the results here are just a beautiful. I, I, it's a weird book to use the word lush on, but it's very lush colors and just just a beautiful book, um, which is very necessary because so much of this book is told through action as opposed to dialogue. And I was I was very impressed. Yeah, it's uh, Steve Dillon, one of my all time. Maybe he's up there with Jack Kirby for me, mm-hmm. and like that upper echelon of artists I adore and love, and will everything they do is magnificent and this was incredible and Becky's Punisher is my favorite type of Punisher which yep. is just that nightmare walking unstoppable force that just doesn't need to speak no. just just it, it's almost like a Terminator but there's yeah. that that human element to it He's the monster in the monster movie. Yeah. He's he's Freddy. He's Jason. It's the same as like when we talked about Magneto in his book, um, when Cullen was doing that book. It's, it's even more to that extreme. It's, yeah, it's my favorite kind of punishment story, too. Um, all right. We've got, am I up next? I think so. Rocket Raccoon and Groot, uh, number five. Uh, written by Scotty Young, art by Jay Fosgit. This is first interiors for Jay, I believe. Congratulations, Jay. Like, Welcome to the family. Uh, cartoonist, uh, colors by Jean Francois Bellou, but um, Jay's art is like awesome, like straight out of animation. It's really, really cool. He's got this great cartoony style, uh, tons of visual gags and jokes, and really wild like anatomy and expressions, and it's fantastic. It, it and plus with Bellou's colors, it blasts off the page. It's really, really beautiful. This is uh, just a one and done with Rocket and Groot stuck out in space. They're on vacation. They get uh, hijacked by a Viking pirate lady who's like, we gotta take you back. You're jerks. And then they take <laughs> them back. To, she takes them back to their planet. And the, like, the king of the planet's like, wait a minute, you're a god to Groot. And Groot's like, Right. No, he's probably more like, I am Groot. I am Groot. There you go. And uh, then this whole wacky scenario on Furls, it's terrific. It's just, parts of this remind me of, um, like, there's a, like, Earthworm Jim style stuff. There's, like, old 
like Looney Tunes, and it's beautiful, it's fun, it's wacky, it's violent, it's crazy. Rocket and Groot are hilarious as always, uh, and it's it has a really fun, silly little burnt-up ending, uh, which I dig. Scorlet Witch number six, written by, Witch. written by James Robinson. Beautiful art by Marguerite Savage. I believe that's how you pronounce the name. Yeah, uh, Sauvage. Sauvage. Yeah. Marguerite Sauvage. Sauvage does a great job on this book. It's another one and done. Um, it's Scarlet Witch goes to France. She's kind of been globe hopping, going all over the place for. Um, she's been going all over the place for different missions. She's here. She's there. This time she's in France where um, some stuff's going down and. It's necessary that she needs to bring in some other heroes. Now, there is a national hero of France. Well, first of all, she's dealing with this gang called the Les Apaches Nouveau, the new Apaches, who are taking on, uh, they've taken their name from the Apaches of the American Indians because they're using some of their, they're using some of their tactics and some of their magic. So Scarlet Witch goes out to recruit heroes to help her out, and she finds Peregrine, who's the French superhero who was introduced way back in Contest of Champions. But he's just on a roof, not doing anything, uh, refusing to fly. He's wings. He's basically Angel, or Archangel, um, but French. And Is he rich? No, he's not rich because he's just a... Uh... He's just an average guy. But in terms of powers, he's got the same powers that original Angel has. He's yeah, got wings. Well, but they're not natural wings, right? Mm. I don't know. Well, because here, and there's one panel, he's like about to make out with this skeleton that yep, has the right, wings. Right about to make out with the skeleton. I don't know if they got transferred to him or if he Is it like grave an STD? Like, I don't know. You know, he, he like boned the skeleton and then got the wings. I mean, that's boning's really all you can do with a skeleton. You know, that would be the origin that I would write. Right. Were I recreating this character? So this is actually a love story. Uh, with, with the skeleton? With Peregrine and his wife. Oh. Um, Peregrine lost his wife, and Scarlet Witch finds a way for her him to contact her from beyond the grave. Ooh. And that gives him the inspiration he needs to either join his wife or be a hero and save the day. Um, beautiful art. Really great colors. Marguerite does the whole deal. Um, some incredible just splash pages and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, really impressive. Yeah, I, I would, you know, like, part of you can maybe want to go, oh, sack up, Peregrine. You're going to go get out there and, yeah. and win the day. But, like, I, I can't, like, even starting to think about that devastation. It's so hard. That emotional, yeah. just, like, any of us could be driven to that point where it's that upsetting and like I think they did a great job on that and yep. conveying like that level of, of despair and despair yeah. yeah absolutely absolutely over in Radioactive Spider-Gwen number 8 we've got written by Jason Latour art by Bengal colors by Rico Renzi it's team up between uh, Lexi's like wait Jason Latour our video editor no yeah. that's Jason Latore. I guess that's Latore. this is Latour got it yeah, yeah. he was just in here before bumping around because he wanted to be like hey what'd you guys think of my issue of Spider-Gwen <laughs> like, how was it shut up you're not the guy who did Southern Bastards you're the yeah. video guy you're the you're the also very well-known video guy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> Spider-Gwen's continuing the Spider-Woman crossover. Earth-65, Cindy Moon, a.k.a. the Silk from Spider-Gwen's world, has gotten loose and is ruining our Silk's reputation. This is told with 
Gwen narrating and kind of being like, this is why I find Cindy Moon so annoying. This is why she can't get her stuff together. Oh, wait, I kind of understand what she's going through. The two of them have to fight uh, the evil Silk. Evil Silk turns out to have a connection to Spider-Gwen, a very, very close connection. She has all sorts of crazy things. She's been on our Earth stealing different weapons that have been discarded. She's got an Ant-Man helmet. She's got pin particles. We get her secret origin. Uh, it's just more kind of wacky throwing stuff at the wall seeing what works i mean that's kind of the name of the game when it comes to spider gwen and so this is not the penultimate but the pen penultimate chapter of spider women it ends with silk and spider gwen not in a good place and they are going to need probably jessica drew i would assume to come and help them out last few pages of that grossed me the very disgusting out. i read it on the train this morning i was terrified Glib. i was also terrified by spider-man 2099 number 10 written by peter david art by will sliney colors by rochelle rosenberg uh spider-man is still trying to deal with every miguel o'hara is still trying to deal with everything that went down with his girlfriend his would-be fiance Hurt. She's in a coma still. He's trying to deal with his personal life, get that in order. But he's also trying to deal with the fact that the future is uncertain. Last time he went back to his home time of 2099, he had been changed. The maestro was in charge. Now he tries to go back again. Uh, he fights a bunch of his enemies who are working together now, which Queeg. can't be a good thing for him. Queeg, who decides to go back to being called Venture, which is very disappointing. I, I'm all in on Queeg. He's all in on Queeg. Miguel does go back to the future. He's in Nueva York. He encounters a character from the original run of Spider-Man 2099 who gets his own splash page to just look crazy in debut. Um, and a new character who's a new future version of an old Spider-Man villain. So that's what we love to see with Spider-Man 2099. It's very cool. Yeah. All right, we've got Thunderbolts, uh, number one, written by Jim Zub, art by uh, John Mallon, Matt Yaki. Um, so this is another book that follows right hot, hot, hot on the heels of... Stand up! Assault on Pleasant Hill. Uh, this is about what happened with Winter Soldier and Kobik. Uh, Kobik being the sentient cosmic cube right. that caused all the mayhem, but has really got the uh, conscience of a four-year-old girl. And so a little um, prone it's a, to... It's tricky. Uh, yeah. The whatever... What do you call that? Is it still a toddler? Yeah. Yeah? Man, just start walking normal, <laughs> stupid baby. Stand up and go. Uh, anyway, so we've got the two of them plus the Fixer, Moonstone, Atlas, and Mach X. Uh, they are together and they are, you know, they're taking on a bunch of different threats. Because uh, what I dig is that Winter Soldier is still the man on the wall, the one who is, you know, like, looking out for otherworldly threats mm -hmm. coming to Earth. Uh, the old Nick Fury role, he is that guy, and now he's got a crew behind him to help tackle those things. Whether they be alien, whether they be interdimensional, whatever they are, now this Thunderbolts crew can take on that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so there's big fights and crazy battles. We get to see their base, which is... Not all that at first. No. But, you know, things can change. Uh, one thing I did dig was uh, where Atlas, who, like, I guess even when he shrinks down, he's still super big. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah, big dude. He's, he's basically uh, like Ryback, but yeah. uh, like six, eight inches taller, maybe. Yeah. He's like a taller Ryback, which is then a massive hunk of man. 
but there's so this, much man. So much man. There's a scene where he's got his shirt off and he's still in his spandex and he's like, "I'm gonna eat some cereal." Uh, there's a yeah. shot of him. He doesn't. He has no idea how to eat cereal. Yeah. I found it hilarious. He's basically like got the bowl and he's missing. He's trying to pour it into his mouth. Not happening. And it's just falling all over his giant beautiful chest and it's just like <laughs> milk and cereal all over and oh, then Moonstone's so in there uh, coming out of the shower and she's got her robe on and she's got cleavage everywhere this place is crazy uh, but it's Kobik is you know very involved in all this stuff and they're trying to keep her uh, level really like not let her get too involved in anything and of course Thunderbolts get going on a mission and boom who tags along Kobik. Kobik. After that, craziness unfurls. Unbelievable. Gwenpool number zero, that is, which reprints the Christopher Hastings, Guri Hiru, Danilo Beiruth stories from Howard the Duck, which introduced uh, different... What am I saying? It introduced Gwenpool. Yeah. Different aspects of the character of Gwenpool. No, it was uh, some great stories that you can now see all in one place in Unbelievable Gwenpool number zero. Yeah, uh, and um, if you are looking for Star Wars books this week on the cheap, lots of True Believers mm. books out. Yep. One dollar gets you like 30 different books. I think some of those came out last week, some this week. Yep, they're spread out, but tons, most of them are out this week. Tons of them. Pretty much all the number one issues you could want, all for a dollar a pop. We got Uncanny X-Men number seven, written by Cullen Bunn, art by Ken Lashley, colors by Nolan Woodard. Two things going on at once here. On the one hand, you've got Magneto and Psylocke tracking down Archangel, trying to unravel the mystery behind Archangel. At the same time, you have Sabretooth and Monet helping Kalisto out with what looks like another Morlock massacre or mutant massacre, if you will. Cool stuff going on. Uh, Lashley really stepping up his game with his art here. Really detailed. So many lines, and they all go in the right directions. Uh, mystery with Angel, uh, and an interesting connection he has with Magneto that could change the future of the Uncanny X-Men. Of course, he's got his ties with Psylocke. We've got some of the Apocalypse mythology involved here. This is part of Apocalypse Wars. So a lot of stuff going on in Uncanny X-Men. Yeah. All right, last book of the week is X-Men 92, number three, uh, written by Oof. Chad Bowers and Chris Sims, art by Alti Fermancia. This book is so crazy. Uh, colors by Matt Mia, and big shout out to David Nakayama, who did the cover. Yeah. It's an awesome homage cover to classic mm -hmm. uh, Uncanny X-Men issue with Dracula, and I think the original had Storm, probably. Yep. Uh, this one has Drac and Jubilee, because, hey, Jubilee's gun, done, gun, dot, bitten by a Dracula. Yep. Uh, or a Dracula. Yeah, a Dracula, not no. by the Dracula. She got bit by Alpha Red, I mm. believe. Alpha Red. Alpha Red. Who we find out in this issue has a big connection to, to the Drac. vampire world and Dracula. I won't give it away, but it was pretty cool. I like all the various crazy threads that they're putting into this. It's Yeah, I like wild. that given the conceit of what the book is, they're able to explore a lot within it, you know? They're yeah. able to do a lot of things, introduce a lot of cool characters, and it's inherently cool because it's like, oh, this is in the 92 world. This is kind of neat. Yeah. Uh, straight up, you got awesome Bishop just mm -hmm. looking like a million bucks with, uh, <laughs> with, with the mullet that I just I just want to make out with his mullet. Looking like a million bucks. Uh, he's got his mullet. He's got his scarf. He's just full of, you know, piss and vinegar. It is fantastic. Uh, we've got him. We've got 
Dracula being super flirty with Storm. Yep. And I love that. Because that's, I mean, that's an X-Men thing. Oh, yeah. Every villain has to be flirty with Storm because <laughs> she's just the end all, be all, y'all. She's Storm. Yeah, she's like, Storm. The wind flirts with Storm because yep. it's like, whoa, that's Storm. Uh, anyway. The wind does what she says. What? Yes. Uh, I love also that they could just like, they're just doing stuff. Jubilee turning into vampire. Half the school turned into vampires mm-hmm. throughout this issue. Uh, you know, people under the thrall of uh, Alpha Red. All the ecstatics showing up. I mean, yeah. That's tremendous. I love that. Well, of course throw them in here. Uh, it's We get the origin of Alpha Red, and we get to see uh, Storm do her thing, commanding the winds in the best, like, classic Those X-Men. flirty winds. Yeah. Uh, and by the end... Uh, it could mean the demise of all the mutants. Oh, no. Who knows? Oh, no. We shall see. All right. So we just read 85 comics. What's your tomb of the week? I didn't have enough time to think about that yet. All right. I got mine. Uh, I'm going with Moon Knight. Mm. Moon Knight was real good this week. Some heavy stuff being tackled and good job of it. I'm going to go with Punisher. Yeah. Punisher number one. Good debut. Yeah. Alexis, what is your final tomb of the week? Uh, Deadpool Massacre. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. As I was talking about, I could see you going, huh? Yeah. That seems like an interesting (laughs) idea. I I would like to read about this. Mm, Okay. So collections on sale this week. We've got All New X Men Volume One, Ghost of Cyclops. All New X Men Volume Four, hardcover. That's the previous series wrapping that up. Amazing Spider Man Omnibus Volume One, hardcover. Avengers Iron Man Force Works. Yes, you can read Force Works. I mean, Abnett and Lanning at their finest. That's a, you know, I never read it as a kid, mm-hmm. and I always poo pooed it because I, when we were at Wizard, they poo pooed Force Works. Right, it was a joke. It was a joke. But I love everything Abnett and Lanning have done. It's worth taking a look. I know. It's worth giving a read. They also had um, some decent artists work on that. I mean, a young Jim Chung worked on Whoa. the book. Uh, some some interesting stuff. So check out Ir- Avengers Iron Man. I will. Works. Because I own the, the trade. There you I go. Got a free copy. You can read it. Daredevil by Mark Wade and Chris Somney, Volume 5 in hardcover. Speaking of Abnett and Lanning, Guardians of the Galaxy by Abnett and Lanning, Omnibus hardcover. Marvel's Captain America, The Art of the Movie, Slipcase hardcover. Uncanny X-Men, Omnibus Volume 1 hardcover. And finally, X-Men Days of Future Past. That's a prose novel, y'all. Yes. Um, All right, digital comics on sale this week. Uh, A lot of the books we talked about, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. Some of them, which reprint the infinite comics, aren't available digitally in that current form. But they're originally available digitally. So pretty much everything we talked about. Yep, Enjoy digital. Uh, we've also got A Year of Marvel's The May Infinite Comic, mm. Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, The Spider-Fly Effect, Infinite Comic number eight, and Daredevil Punisher Seventh Circle, Infinite Comic number five. Also, on the Marvel app this week, we've got Cable number 79. I had to convince Bill Hanstock of uh, SB Nation mm-hmm. about how awesome Cable was. And yeah. he was like, someone was like, he's uh, he's a Rastafarian Wolverine. And I was like, that Whoa, doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. And then two, he's Cable and he's awesome. Yeah. And I told them to read Cable and Deadpool, read the most recent Deadpool and Cable Infinite comic. And of course, I, I really like... Uh, the Cable series by Dwayne Swarzyski. Swarzyski. Yep. I love that with Cable and Hope and the Future and yep. Bishop and all that craziness and Ariel Olivetti art. Mm-hmm. Um, all that stuff available in Marvel Unlimited. That said, we also have Century, Distant Suns number one. Ooh. What is this? One shot starring Century from Forceworks. Uh, he's the big gray dude with white hair. He had a one shot 
this was it. This is 1996. He was going to be the big breakout star of the group. Uh, he didn't didn't work out that way for Old Century, but wow. here's his, his one moment of solo greatness is now available on a Marvel Comics app. Amazing. Uh, we've got Fantastic Four 321, 22, 24, 327, 330, 332 through 346, 350 through 374. Then you wanted it. You got it. Force works <laughs> 1 through 5 and 8 through 15 because I assume 6 and 7 were part of a crossover. They were part of the Hands of the Mandarin crossover, if I remember correctly. Wow. Yep. Incredible, I think I do. Incredible Hulk 393 through 396, 407 through 409. Marvel Universe Avengers Infinite Comic number 9. New Warriors number 31. <sighs> Nomad number 20. I assume that's in the Forceworks collection for some reason. Uh, why, why would a random... Collection? No, why else would we put a random Nomad issue? They're just filling in the Nomad. You want to make sure people can have their complete <laughs> run of Nomad. All five of you. Oh. Uh, Wolverine 149. X-23 one-shot number one. X-Force 19 through 24 and 26 through 31. X-Force 101. X-Force annual number two. And X-Men number 99. Digital collections on the app this week. All new X-Men, Inevitable Volume 1, Ghosts of Cyclops, Avengers Iron Man Force Works, Electra by Greg Rucka Ultimate Collection, Fantastic Four, In Search of Galactus, X-Force Assault on Greymawkin. That is uh, what was collected just there. The X-Force issues in there. Mm. Good stuff. Um, X-Force Toy Soldiers, X-Men Powerless, and X-Women, which also includes Nomad Number 20. Uh, Demerits. What's that? It does not include Nomad Number 20. Oh, that would be great, though. Uh, demerits to you, Ben, for what? not singing Toy Soldier. I was thinking about it, but, you know, sometimes we get in trouble for having music on the podcast. Screw that. Uh, there's no way anyone would, would <laughs> consider anything that we try to <laughs> sing as music. Who sang Toy Soldiers and would they sue us? Oh, what was her name? Um, I'm going to go with no. You, you look it up while I yeah, read I'll look what's it up. freshly just says I'm all limited. Because I just put this list together, and it's a bananas list of a bunch of random stuff. And I'm honored to read it. Um, Amazing Spider-Man number three. Amazing Spider-Man the movie adaptation number two. Avengers vs. Infinity number one. Deadpool number one. Deadpool and Cable split second Infinite Comic two through three. Doctor Strange number two. Drax number one. Emerald City of Oz number five. Extraordinary X-Men number one. Hercules number one. Howard the Duck number one. Invincible. Iron Man number three. Here we go. Marvel Comics number seven from the 40s. Marvel <laughs> Fanfare number 15. Marvel Holiday Spectacular Ooh. number one. Marvel Illustrated The Three Musketeers five and six. Marvel Spotlight number six from 1979, which is a Star Lord story. Marvel Spotlight number 18 from recently, which was about the death of Captain America. Marvel Superheroes number 387, which is a Captain Britain thing. Marvel Universe Guardians of the Galaxy number two. Marvelous Adventures of Gut- Guts Beezer, Hulk, Spider-Man, and X-Men editions, as well as Marvelous Adventures of Guts Beezer and Spider-Man number one. Men's Adventures number 27 and 28. Ladies. Starring the original. Don't even think about it. Starring the original Human Torch. It's Men's Adventures. What is going on? Nick Fury number one which is a digital comic, Nova number one, Punisher War Journal Annual number one, Silver Surfer number one from 1988, Skrull Kill Crew Saga number one, so you can get the entire story of the Skrull Kill Crew, Spider-Man Brand New Day Yearbook number one, Star Wars number 11, Tales to Astonish number 102, Two Gun Kid number 60, War Machine number zero, Weapon X number three, 
Wolverine vs. Thor, number two. I believe both Weapon X and Wolverine vs. Thor, written by Frank Thierry. So that must be some sort of sweet bundle deal that you can pick up. And finally, X-51, number eight. Wow. What a week. All these comics you can get for $9.99 a month on Marvel Unlimited. And if you use your Marvel MasterCard, you get 3% back on that. Boom. What a world. What a value. Speaking of value, the song we were talking about, Toy Soldiers, by Martika. Oh, Martika. I don't think Martika would sue us. Uh, you know what? You know what? She might be hard up you for catch. You never know. You never know. I don't put it past anyone not to want to sue. Not gonna uh, find but out. it's a great song. You should find it on the internets wherever you listen to your music. Uh, with that said, let's go over to news. And now, from Marvel Headquarters, it's This Week in Marvel News. All right, news in the world of comics. Civil War II is almost upon us. Uh, this weekend is Free Comic Book Day. You can pick up Civil War number zero. You can also pick up a special Captain America Steve Rogers issue featuring Spider-Man Dead No More. So a lot of stuff's going to be revealed this week. And, of course, all our Free Comic Day's offerings. Like we mentioned, we have the True Believers Star Wars collections just in time for May the 4th uh, and May the 5th, which we learned May the, Revenge 5th, is, of the 5th. Revenge of the 5th is also considered a Star Wars holiday on the Star Wars holiday calendar. Because of the internet. Um, and just announced, and I spoke to Tom Brevoort briefly, very briefly about this, two one-shots coming this summer called Civil War the Accused, number one, and Civil War the Fallen, number one. Both are classified. There is no information other than what Tom told me, so you're going to have to go and read that article. Over in games, uh, Lego Marvel's Avengers added a Black Panther DLC collection this week. We spoke to Arthur Parsons about it. But go out, you can play the DLCs now. They have Captain Marvel out. They have Masters of Evil out. They have Ant-Man. And now Black Panther is the newest addition. Yeah. Uh, I always, I'm always fascinated thinking about how we do this show and timing and then the way the news happens for mm. us. Because I knew that we were announcing... Marvel's Punisher on Netflix before we recorded last week. Right, you couldn't say it. But couldn't say it because... Just in case. What if, and then what if, you know, like anything could change. Mm -hmm. uh, so that news broke after we recorded, like I think it broke Friday morning. Um, so that's huge. That's very exciting. Uh, but and, and Toy Soldiers is totally in my head. Right? right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I anticipate Stromy the Wolfman giving you lots more on Marvel's Punisher. But uh, yeah, lots of fun stuff. I, I had a very interesting meeting um, yesterday, which I need to brief you on, Okay. Uh, about big things happening. It's very cool. You said need to brief you on. They don't know if you're pointing to me or Alexis. That's you, the beauty ben. of I know. Yes. Wow. Um, Spoil it much. Uh, it's going to be great. And uh, if you aren't following Captain America on Facebook, you should, because this week... You should, dummies. Hey, they're not dummies. Sorry, guys. Uh, we love you. They, you guys can check out... We did three, hopefully, by the time this goes up, unboxings of various <laughs> Captain America swag and toys. One I did for big box of Hasbro stuff. The second one will be uh, was Target box of cool stuff. And the third one... Some un previously unannounced toys for Marvel's Captain America Civil War, which yeah. are pretty cool. There you um, go. All that. Tons more. Always, always, always. Never stop. Time. <laughs> never, ever stop. Yeah. Time for uh, Strami and the Wolfman, and we'll come back with This Week in Marvel questions and comments. It's the West Coast, Strami and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, Strami and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, Strami and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Yeah. 
Hello, this week in Marvelites, this is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by... Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh. For another thrilling installment of the Stromy and the Wolfman show, starring the Wolfman and Stromy coming out of both your headphones, both sides. Hey, we got a tweet. From a name that I don't remember because I think it was just letters and numbers with no discernible order saying that they appreciated the fact that they can now hear us out of both headphones. Well, well, I'm glad that you can hear my voice out of both headphones now, numbers and letters person. So, what we got to talk about this week? Nothing's going on this week. Nope. See you next time. All right. So, I guess we're stuck. Smell you later. All right. Bye. No, just kidding. We've got Marvel's Captain America Civil War in theaters this Friday. Tomorrow. Tomo- well, yeah, as they're listening. Well, tomorrow, if they're listening, when we post. Well, tomorrow, assuming Blake posts this on Thursday. But here's the thing. Unless you listen to this podcast in, like, three months, whenever you listen to it, it will probably be in theaters tomorrow. Well, yeah, still. You know, if you if you listen to it on Friday, it'll be in theaters on that Saturday. If you listen to it next week, you know. Or it will be in theaters today. You could also just say today. It won't be correct, though, if... You know what? I guess if we're going that route, technically it's out overseas. So, hey, if you're listening to this... In France. Today, it's in theaters yesterday. If you listen to us in France or England, I think it's in England already. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Anyway, go see it. Which is not right. Captain America I'm being sh- available in England before USA gets it. I'm I'm sure many of you already have your tickets. Did I'm you sure know it's not called? Yes, it's, it's not called Captain America in all the territories. What? It's called the First Avenger Civil War in, I know at least Germany. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, the, I learned that when I posted photos from the. Uh, press conference that they did I, was, I thought wait this is weird all of the signage says the first avenger civil war interesting yeah huh the more you know the more you learn the more you know anyway i'm sure many of you already have tickets to it i'm sure m- some of you have already seen it by the time you're listening to this it's awesome you should see it i think it's our best movie yet um is that true I do. I do think so. Well, it's a tie for me between this and Winter Soldier. Yeah. I'm, that, that's all I meant. Is not like I don't think you actually like this. Just I know how much you love Winter Soldier. I do love Winter Soldier a lot. But they're such dramatically different movies that at the end of the day, it's really hard for me to compare secret paranoid spy thriller with Cap fighting a huge organization and heroes fighting each other for 20 minutes you know that's it by the way civil war is only 20 minutes long no but i mean they fight the the fight sequence is 17 minutes long so i was the big fight sequence in the middle and that's just one of many that's just one of many fight sequences this is true but it's the big one the big and the big kahuna the big wallop there's a reason why you don't write comic books. There's a thing people say. You run out of words to describe action. <laughs> and then they do the punch thing, and they punch the... Th- what are critics saying about the movie? I hear most of them hate it. It's at somewhere around like a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes, last I checked. Maybe it's dropped down to 2 No, we're not talking about a different movie 
involving clashing heroes. No, we're not. We're talking about Captain America Civil War. What is it at on Rotten Tomatoes? Last, what? I, yeah, last l- I checked is at 94, but that was a few days ago. Yeah, I think, well, that's yeah, that's what it was when we posted uh, Big Time Buzz yes. on Monday. So, Which, speaking of, you can... Uh, you can go and read what the critics are saying in an article that Patrick put together called Big Time Buzz. Yeah, you can read what people at the Daily Beast had to say. You can read what people you at... Ju- you just plug the Daily Beast because your friend wrote you that You can review. read <laughs> what people wrote on the playlist. You can read what people wrote on HitFix. You can read what people wrote on Birth Movies Death. You, are you can ju- read you are what people wrote... You just listing the sites that... Did you notice that I put those at the top? No, I didn't. Yeah, I put people I know who wrote reviews. (laughs) They're at the top of the list. Not by name, but also, it's not my fault that I happen to know people who love the movie and get to talk about how much they love it. Like me. Sure. Number one with a bullet, Mark Strom says, it's a mighty wallop. (laughs) A big wallop. Sorry, big wallop. I was trying to make big sound more exciting. Um, what else we got going on? Oh, of course we have Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're building towards the epic two-hour season finale. Just one episode left until then, until we find out who the fallen agent is. Who's your guess for the fallen agent? Nope, don't say it because I know you know. So I was about to say who it is. Great. Great. Or was. Or shall be. Or shall never be. Well... We can't tell you who it is, but uh, next week, next week, next week. What can I say about next week without spoiling anything? This week saw a bunch of Kree, uh, well, not a bunch, two Kree soldiers crash to Earth and sort of try and hunt down uh, Hive and Daisy and the rest of the Inhumans. Um, Featured some Daisy going up against some former teammates, some really brutal, uh, some really brutal fights can't really i don't know i don't know what we can say we can say general talbot is back next week i know we can say that um and i don't want to say anything other than that but tune in next tuesday 9 8 central on abc uh we also had a new episode of this week in marvel's agents of shield we talked with henry simmons who plays mac he is a delightful human being we sort of go over mac's arc uh, both this season and sort of overall from the series. Um, and, yeah, tune into that. And uh, I think that's all we can say for now. What about you? Do we have any animation? Or are we on – is animation on a break for a moment? So no, no ten minutes of you and Harrison talking about Highlander to follow this? Nope. Hmm. Although, if you want to hear more about Highlander, feel free to tweet me at – the Wolfman. I don't know if I think Harrison's on Twitter, yeah. but I think it's like H Wilcox underscore one two three or something. It, no, isn't it like H W Wilcox or something? Oof. You people, see you. You're you're just at Stromy. I'm I, just. I, I I think I think it's H W because his full name is Harrison Wilbur Wilcox the fourth. Yikes. Yeah, you and I lucked out. We have a name that you can just say out loud. At the Wolfman. At Stromy. It's not your name. It's not with our Twitter name. handles. With our Twitter it's handles. It's not my name. I don't know what you're doing. They call me Joe. I don't know they what call you're me doing. Cece. I don't know what you're doing. The Ting Tings. I don't know what that means. The 
the Ting Tings their band is a big song like eight years ago. No, I don't know any of what you're talking about right now. It's not my name. It's not my name. Are you talking about Eminem's song? Hi, my name is. No. Was that his first big song? Uh, maybe. Is is that? By the way, is that a lyric to the song? Hi, my name is. Yeah, it's the only. My name is. Hi, my name. No, it's like. My name is, huh? My name is who? My name is what? No, my no, name no. is Chicka Chicka Slim no, no, Shady. No, no, no. Because, oh, yeah, wait. Maybe they changed right. it. I think they changed it up. Yeah, maybe you're right. Anyways. Uh, my sister used to think uh, the song, It Feels So Empty Without Me, the lyrics were, It Feels So Incy Without Me. Incy? Incy. I-N-T-S-Y? Yeah, I guess. What does that mean? Uh, I asked her what she thought that meant, and she said, I don't know. I just thought it was a word. You know, there's a lot of uh, wacky, misheard lyrics and wacky, misheard phrases. Aaron Sorkin built the entire episode of Sports Night around that. Yeah? Yep, in season one. Well, this is This Week in Sports Night <laughs> and This Week in Eminem. All right, we've, we've gone off on total tangents. We'll send you back to uh, Blake and Ben and Ryan and wh- whoever else is in New York. Um probably making fun of us right now did you see raf ab enjoyed our new sign-off what was our new sign-off this is marvel your unicorn we said your unicorn well because you were saying apparently last week we went off the rails believe it or not (laughs) in whatever the heck we were talking about and you were like oh i'm just i'm just going to uh you know, crash this sinking ship into the ground and end it with, this is Marvel, your something or other. I and then I universe. No, well, you were trailing off in the middle of, this is Marvel, your universe. So you said, this is Marvel, your, and then I said, your unicorn, which is what I thought you were trying to say, because I thought you needed help. And uh, apparently Raph AB thought that was far more clever then this is Marvel, your universe. All right. Well, in honor of you, Raph A.B., we're going to sign off. This is Marvel, your unicorn. Questions and comments. Questions and comments. Questions and comments from you. All right. We all just right. Finished, we finished the whole session of yawning yep. here because we're all Yawns super sleepy tired. Yep. I saw Pearl Jam last night at Madison Square Garden. Did you already say that? Probably, but I was really excited. It was were the first not, time I ever saw them. Did you say it on the air or no? I don't know. No? No? Lexi's not saying on the air. No. Okay. Uh, so I got to see Pearl Jam for the first time, yep. which was very exciting, and uh, didn't get to go to sleep until I... You definitely talked about this because I made the Madison Square tar- Garden jokes. That was off the air when. That was off were... the air when. Oh, all right. I'm pretty sure. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Don't yell at me. Oh man. Uh, you, you can yell at her all you want. She's gonna be gone. She's gone. She's out of here. I'll check Twitter. I'll check the <laughs> hashtags. <laughs> uh, but that was great. But I got home so late. I'm not used to sl- to getting to bed that late. It was uh, like I feel like half my brain isn't brain. Yeah. No, I know what you feel. I, how you're feeling, man? I was up late last night too because um, we're trying to train our dog. And part of training the dog means staying outside until she does her business, even if that means staying outside till 12.30, 1 in the morning. So it was a late night at the Morse household last night. Um, But she's coming along. She's a cutie, so we'll keep her. One of the blessed things about cats, they figure out that litter box 
like that. Yeah, they, they were I, tiny little babies, all of them. And they were like, oh, yeah, I know what i got to do here. Get away. I, I'm doing my business. I would I love privacy. to have a litter box yeah. for, for my dog. Yes. That would be wonderful. So, with all that said, it's time for questions and comments. Just a reminder, use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel for your questions and comments on Twitter. Or email us at twimpodcast at marvel.com. I actually got a late-breaking one that came in uh, that I didn't have on the sheet, but I saw it from our, our friend Simon, Simon Williams. Um, no, not Simon Williams. It's from Ricky Williams, another one oh, of yeah. our longtime listeners. The Williams um, boys. Them Williams boys. Uh, but we'll get to Ricky in a little bit. First, let's go through all the tweets. All right. Starting with Cassius335, Alan Wilkinson. Just seen Civil War. Was worried when I first heard it was based on the comics, but the movie itself erased those fears. <laughs> Interesting. Um, Dan Ronan. Han Solo is from Corellia, you scruffy-looking nerf herder. So I was right. When you I, were not when right. I said Damn he was it. from Corellia. Haywood HWview says last week his pick was New Avengers number ten, robots, monsters, betrayal, and a classic team up. It was so good. Johnny Vinyl says, could you guys explain to me the reason why the Marvel movies don't open the same day worldwide? Um, it's a, I don't, I don't know all the reasons, but it makes sense. Like we have people at the Walt Disney Studio who know exactly what they're doing. They're very smart, and internationally, it just it works out. It's we've done gangbusters, and I think it's uh, it's been something that we've been doing for a while. It works out really well. Uh, all the international territories get it a little bit early, but we still it still does crazy good. And I think it's been pretty good about not having too many spoilers out on the internet. I'd hope I haven't seen any spoilers for uh, Civil War yet. Yeah, I'm going into tonight unspoiled, which That's I'm great. thrilled about. Amazing! Want to tell you everything that happens? I'm sure you will. Yeah. I, Adri spoiled me last year, or uh, two years ago, for Iron Man 3, um, so I've been hyper-vigilant. Was she even here during Iron Man 3? She was definitely here during Iron Man 3, because I know exactly no, what she spoiled for she me. She started right around Thor Ragnarok, or Thor oh. uh, The Dark World. Then someone else spoiled it for me, but I've just, yeah. in my mind, retroactively replaced them with Adri. That's fair. I'm going to just have her voice doing yeah, all this Yeah, remember when Adri uh, was here when you, on your first day, yeah. and she was like, we don't social media, and she's she like, been oh, the worst, the worst. Yes. Um, let's see. Kyle Charles said, It's sad that there won't be any more issues of Hawkeye. Well, there won't be any more issues of the current Hawkeye series, but he's a pretty popular character. Yeah, you can, I would say stick around. You'll probably see plenty of Hawkeye yeah, sooner like, rather than later. This week we saw him in New Avengers. Yeah. But as far as Hawkeye solo series, currently at a, at a close. Yes. Uh, Kyle says, I just wanted Sabretooth and Deadpool to be friends. That was foolish on your part. Yeah, how Why dare would you it? ever think that? Yes. Uh, he says, the next issue of Ant-Man looks like it's going to be amazing. The astonishing foes of Ant-Man are going to be mega funny. Yeah. We, Man. Uh, we did a, I think Brent Schoonover is the guest artist on that issue. We had a little sketchbook with him. Nice. He talked about it a little. It, it sounds like it's going to be really great. Yeah, if you are not reading Ant-Man, check it out in Marvel Unlimited uh, because it's it's such a riot, such a great book. All right. Lance Presley says, Corellia. Han Solo is from Corellia. I love you all, but you need a Star Wars person on the podcast. Lance, we got a Star Wars person on the podcast, and you're listening to him, baby. I got this 100% correct. All right. Before we continue with that, can you say that word again? I love y'all. Yeah. Okay. You said y'all. Y'all. And I was like, what is this What is this pronunciation of y'all? I don't know. Maybe that's a Boston thing. Yeah. I never y'all? know when it comes out. Y'all? Rapid. Um, okay. Wait. Please. Back to Star Wars. Back to Star Wars. Uh, Corellia, man. That's where Han Solo is from. All right. No more. Han Solo. 
Han Solo, Raph A.B., as much as I want to enjoy Standoff, I'm kind of lost in the chronology of events. I need Tom Brevoort to explain it. If Tom Brevoort to explain it, he's probably going to yell at you. So that's just a risk you're going to have to take. Mm. Um, Han Solo, as we've been saying, is a Corellian. I'm, I'm like, how many people had to, like, Google it? Yeah. Like us. <laughs> Got home, and this is how was put stuff on my office. So Team Cap or Team Iron Man? we got a picture here. Let's go to the picture. Um, looks more like Team Cap? Yeah. There's more Team Cap stuff than Team Iron Man stuff. There's also a Star Wars thing. So you could be Team Han Solo, the famous Corellian smuggler. I was wondering if you were going to remember what he does. Yeah. <laughs> smuggles stuff. <laughs> Listening to a great radio show about Captain America versus Iron Man hosted by Enthoven R., a great philosopher. Etymology of Steve Rogers, crowned with glory. Heard in the radio show I tweeted about earlier. Wait, did Red Skull reference Indiana Jones in the first Captain America movie? Uh, mm-hmm. He might have. I mean... When we're talking about Captain America movies, are we talking like the first Captain America movie? Like Matt Salinger Captain America movie? Because <laughs> that's Man. possible. Were you here when we had the Matt Salinger interview? No. I was, I guess, right before, like, yeah. in the Wild West days of 2000, the mid-2000s on Marvel.com. When anything flew. Yeah, we were like, uh, some I, one of my freelancers somehow had a contact with Matt Salinger, J.D. Salinger's son, aka Captain, Captain America. America, was in one of the two of the Captain America movies, yep. and uh, was like, "Let's do an interview with him." It's probably still available on the site oh, somewhere, somewhere if you know how to get to it. Blake still really wants to do an interview with him, and every time he says that, I remind him we've already done one, and he just blanks out on that. Yeah, great. Great, um, all good right. stuff. Rob um, Nolan says, Damn you, Ben J. Morse. I'm mm. trying to read New Avengers mm-hmm. 10, and as I turn the first page, all I hear is you, American Kaiju. American Kaiju. American Kaiju. It's the new hit single. Yep. Uh, Rob Nolan also says, Not that Ben J. Morse doesn't deserve high praise, True. but what were the special thanks for in the Vengeance Collection hardcover? Um, Vengeance was a book that was edited by Tom Brennan back when he was here, and me and him put together a very extensive online plan. It was something like three straight weeks where we had a story about Vengeance every day before the first issue came out. So I remember as a result of that, I had special thanks. And if you've never read Vengeance, uh, it's a great little story with amazing art by Nick Dragota. Yeah, I would say Nick Dragota's amazing yeah. art on Joe that Casey's series. ideas are crazy, yeah. as always. Uh, that could be a future to URC. Totally. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Robert, RCS underscore T, says, I know it has been shared before. Who is the contact for Marvel Unlimited app support? Robert's has broken. Uh, Well, the contact, I mean, you can tweet to uh, Marvel Support Mm -hmm. on Twitter. You can email online support at marvel.com. If you're in desperate need and you're not getting any attention, which is crazy because I see their DMs. all the time, I know how frequently they're contacting people uh, on the Marvel Support Channel. But if you're having further trouble, you let me know. Um, Robert also says Han Solo is from Corellia, not right. Carnella Four. So you were wrong again, Ryan. <laughs> Sorry, these people keep having to correct you. Mm-hmm. Ross Meyer, can the cloak and grat? Cloak and Gragger. Cloak and Gragger. Cloak and Gragger. And the Cloak and Dagger graphic novel and ongoing be put on Marvel Unlimited, please. I read the limited series on it and want more. 
uh, talk to Marvel support. You know what? Or I'm going to say there's, there's, a, there's a good chance that'll make it to very Unlimited chance. as we get closer to the Freeform series. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of them getting to put all that stuff, digitize it, get yep. it ready, put it in collection, put it on digital, on the app, and then eventually it'll get to Unlimited. That's my guess. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. RP67, why can't I choose pro registration in Marvel Future Fight? I don't yeah, know. Ben. Maybe you're morally opposed to it? Something like that? I don't know. Uh, this is maybe my favorite tweet of the week. James on S.H.I.E.L.D. has powers like Gambit. I don't like Gambit. I don't like James. <laughs> well, I counter this, RP67, by saying this: the James character who, uh, what, what, Hellfire, I think he called himself mm -hmm. by the end, um, he is much cooler than Gambit. He's Gambit done right. Yeah. He's like, oh, we messed up. With this garbage human. Sorry about that. Yeah. Sorry about the, the piece of crap. Here's someone who is also probably a bad dude, but he's better. So we've then got a picture from RP67 of a thing. And then Scott McElroy, Dr. Spidey, jumps in with, in honor of May 4th being Star Wars Day, how about June 16th or 616 for Marvel Universe Day? P.U. <laughs> 616 is yesterday, buddy. Get with the program. It's now the Marvel Prime Universe. Yeah. So, so come up with a day that's like all prime numbers. Uh, you know that they're yeah, already they've Go already for figured it. it out. Go do it. Uh, I'm definitely in, this is still Scott McElroy, I'm definitely in the pro-marriage camp of Spidey fandom, but I'll be danged if I'm not curious to see a Pete-Mockingbird relationship. I'm, I'm going to be real for a second. I don't think Pete can handle Mockingbird. Oh, definitely not. I think she's too smart, savvy, uh, worldly, and awesome for him. Yeah, Hawkeye couldn't handle that. You think Spider-Man's going to be able to handle that? No. No, not at all. Uh-uh. No way. Simon Williams says, I think I bought a metric ton of comics from Marvel this week. All of them great. Well, that's that's wonderful. Uh, he says, Twim of the Week for uh, April 20th, Power Man and Iron Fist number three. As good as Power Man and Iron Fist is, I wish Jessica Jones' role in the comic was more than the nagging wife. Yeah, I'd like to see her do some more stuff, too. Yeah, I think we're just... Give it time. We've got more plans, I think, for Jessica. And for more Jessica Jones, also check out Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, yes. of all books. Yes. Uh, Simon says, Twim of the Week for, for April 27th, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number six. Uh, Simon also says, I'm loving Spider-Woman right now, but wanted to know, when are we going to learn the name of Jessica's baby? Soon? <laughs> is my answer to you? I don't know. I have no idea when we're going to. Interesting. Uh, Simon then asks, Hellcat number five makes me wish She-Hulk had her own solo comic again. A-Force is great, but it's not enough. Mm. There's never enough She-Hulk. There's never enough. Look at all these great characters that all need to have their own solo books, and we're already reading 85 comics a week. Yes. Uh, and that's with no She-Hulk and no Hawkeye. And we had a great She-Hulk book. Yeah. I wish all of you were reading it yeah. and buying 10,000 copies, because we would still have that amazing She-Hulk. Hulk book. All right, it's time for emails. First from Jason Kim says, Dear Ryan and Ben, I love this week in Marvel podcast. I listen to it every week. I'm sorry I'm sending this late. May I ask if you guys can do a shout out to my local comic book store, Dragon's Lair Collectibles and Comics in Hawaii. Lucas and Randy Martin, store owners, will be celebrating the store's second anniversary this Saturday, the 7th, on Free Comic Book Day. If you guys can, that's great. If cannot, no problem. Please keep up the great work. And then he says, please do not share my email address. Uh, and Jason's email address is butts, 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 yeah. butts, butts, at buttsmail.butts.com. 
Gmail dot I thought he had a hotmail. Crom dot hotmail dot butts dot org. Yep. Um, but very, no, very nice sentiment. Yeah, no, Jason. Cool, very cool. Yeah, awesome. I've only been to to Hawaii. Is that how we say Hawaii? I've never been to Hawaii. Oh, man. I got a tattoo in Hawaii. No, I was there you. for like three days, and I was like, I have to get a tattoo while I'm here. Of course. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want your skin to be uncomfortable and not able to be taken out in the sun? It was great. I yeah. had a great time. Uh, but that was awesome. Um, all right. Lex Pendragon says, you mentioned the Marvel Universe titles as being titles that were good for the younger kids. As I'm sure I've already bragged on Twitter, I have three daughters who are all comic book fans. My two younger daughters, Inara and Majel, uh, sorry if I'm mispronouncing them, Lex. Majar, uh, Inara and Majel, when they can go to bed on time, are treated to a bedtime story. This typically takes the form of Marvel Comics. Lex says, the reason I wanted to bring this up was that they will occasionally uh, enjoy a Marvel Universe story, but most of the time they prefer regular prime Marvel Universe stories. Uh, when he says Marvel Universe story, he means like the Marvel... Marvel Universe, Marvel Adventures-y yeah, exactly. type deal. Being Spider-Man fans, it usually is one from the Spidey office, such as Web Warriors, Spider-Gwen, and the current Spider-Women storyline. The other two big winners are Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Old Man Logan, and Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. That's interesting. Uh, interesting interpretation of Two. Uh, Hellcat, <laughs> Hellcat has become a huge favorite, and we even have a three person uh, singing of the title before we read it. Love it. That is amazing. Love that. Uh, he says, So remember, kids, so remember, kids don't need to be sandboxed into the Marvel Universe comics. They love the same ones we do. I know it can't be seen on the podcast, but I all wanted to include their Halloween costumes for us to enjoy uh, their Spider Witch and Spider Kitty. I don't know why the, the image didn't come out on this. It was in my email. Uh, and he says, Just kidding about Old Man Logan. Uh, I don't actually read that to them. You don't have to call Child Protective Services. And that is terrific. Lex, I 100% agree with, agree with you. As I've said probably before, my like earliest memories of comics were reading Punisher War Journal. Mm. Like the story that Jim Lee drew, Carl Potts. Uh, it explains a lot. It's Wolverine and Punisher fighting in the jungle. It's bloody. It's violent. We probably did it. We on did Trimurc. it. We reread it for yeah. Trimurc so you could relive your childhood. Right. And that was what I read when I was like seven or eight years old. Mm. And I'm okay. I am 100% kids reading anything. It's up to the parent. Right. Part. It's up to the parent. And it's, you know, it's like, what are you comfortable sharing with your kids? Some people are going to be on one way or the other. Yeah, it's totally cool either way. We when we recommend the Marvel Age, the Marvel Adventures, the Marvel We're saying Universe like books. this is something to go to all ages. I'm I'm giving the I gave the Star Wars books to my cousin who's only like 8. And those are technically not all ages books, but I, you know, they are. So, it's just it's your decision. You know you know the kid and you know what they can handle. Yeah. Uh, and so it's great. Your girls can can handle those books. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and that's just going to get them even more excited for more comics all the time. And I will say, though, the Marvel of Age and Marvel Adventures books have great stories. Yeah, There's that's some true. really fun stuff. Yep. And they are made specifically... So don't sell those short. Yeah, they're made specifically to be fun and exciting with a wide variety of characters. Just like kids can enjoy regular Marvel Prime Universe books, adults can also enjoy the Marvel Universe. Totally. Time. One day, like I keep saying, we're going to do Thor and the Warriors 4, which oh, is categorized, yeah. I think, as Marvel Adventures. Yep. Um, all right. Finally, we've got Giampero, De Cientis, and then you've got another one over there, but 
this is finally on the written one. <laughs> it wasn't until last month that I realized that the bumper music for the questions and comments portion of the show ended with from you instead of strummy yeah. <laughs> until that point, I was confused about why Mark Strom never hosted that portion of the show. Uh, there should never be a question on why Strommy's not hosting any portion of the show. There's an ongoing question why he's hosting a portion of the show. Also, damn Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and their stupid faces for the spies farewell scene. My emotions are not meant to be touched. Thank you. Right? That was uh, sad. That was good. Wait till you get to the end of the season. Fallen Agent is Yee. got some moments. Yee. All right. Uh, all right. Last one. If my phone will show it, it's we've got one from Ricky Williams. He says, Although I love sending cryptic tweets, I thought I'd shout you guys out on email this time. I just watched the trailer for Civil War and I'm still Team Cap all the way. Sure, there was a ton of damage from the invasions they showed. However, the simple fact is, what should have been the da- what would have been the damage if the Avengers hadn't stepped in? World domination, population annihilation, seems like a much bigger deal to me. That sounds like song lyrics. Yeah. World domination. Population. Population. Uh, the government and the army couldn't defend the Earth against the invasions, but they want to step in and regulate what the superhero the, regulate the superheroes who can. This is why I'm Team Cap all the way. In the comic, I'm a little bit more divided, with good points on either side. But even uh, then, I was more Team Cap. And he says, hashtag This Week in Marvel Lifer. Ricky, I will say one thing because you're going off of just the trailers. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more. That's what I'm going off of. Yep. There's a lot more. When you see the movie, the context for both sides is actually really, I think, really well structured. The arguments make a lot of sense, and it's it gets deeply emotional for a lot. And so uh, let us know, Ricky and everybody else, where you fall after you start seeing uh, Civil War. Because I imagine you're going to see it like four or five times. Yeah, once you're done with that. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's it, huh? We did it. We've got a Twim URC next week. It is Civil War. So what? you guys go out, see Civil War, use those Marvel MasterCards, get your 3% cash back, and then come back here next week so we can talk about Civil War. I think we will try to get Tom Brevoort. Because that, oh, that, be like, that seems like a waste if we don't. So yes. I'll email him stat. Terrific. Uh, I'm going to go to San Francisco on Friday. Okay. As um, uh, this Friday, which is the day after this goes live, mm-hmm. go to. Uh, Marvel Day at the uh, AT&T Park, the San Francisco Giants Stadium there. Um, if you're there, let me know. Tweet me. Uh, and I will also be reading my Civil War on the plane. There you go. So we can talk about it next week. We'll get right to it. Are you guys, you said you're recording an episode in San Francisco? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try and record an episode uh, with um, Hunter Pence and maybe another player or two nice. from the Giants. Um, but we're going to be putting stuff on social media, so check out the Marvel HQ on Snapchat, as well as all the other channels to see some cool stuff. And uh, if you want a Marvel Day at your local you know, sports complex, stadium, ballpark place, uh, let your local teams know. Yeah, they might just want to do it. Yeah, it would be cool. All right, that's it. That's it. It's a We're round. Done. Let's go. This is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>